welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, sisters, um, I don't know if you heard the news, but something terrible has happened. Tell me about it. What happens in (laughs) television program (laughs) by the name of Riverdale? Uh, Oh, we're we're talking. Okay. So the other we're talking about something more Uh, serious. Oh no, no. this is the worst thing that's going on right now. Okay, (laughs) let's talk about. (laughs) Well, no, we're. I, I wish it were the worst thing going on right now. That would be great. Uh, as bad as it is, it would be much better. No, there are, let me say that. Let me acknowledge there are terrible things happening right yeah. now. Um, but I think everybody's aware of that. And every once in a while, it's nice to talk about things that are a little... The slightly less bad things that are happening, like Riverdale. Like Riverdale. <laughs> that, it, I, that, I, got, that I loved. It's but, good okay. to be, be outraged, but also like... Take be outraged your, about Riverdale take care of your brain too. Like you got to have that balance where you can maintain your own well-being enough to to continue the outrage long term. Guys, this is a marathon. Yeah. This is not a sprint. <laughs> this is a marathon. Don't all your outrage right up front. Uh, so right now I'm going to I'm going to waste a little outrage on Riverdale. <laughs> no, I'm, like I'm going to say out of this this hate cast of Riverdale because I loved it. So no. so I haven't seen it. I have watched the trailer, and so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give me your clearly very different reviews of this. Should so we say spoiler alert just in case anyone hasn't watched it? Are we gonna say anything too revealing? Yes, we we should say spoiler alert just because. I mean, I I don't want to discuss the whole plot of the show because Taylor hasn't seen it yet. Right. But like, yeah, don't spoil me. But we'll probably say a few things. There so. are a few plot points I think are important to discuss. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't think I'll be watching Riverdale for the uh, unbelievable plot twists. Uh, personally, I think <laughs> not too worried. Well, that's what I'll be watching it for. So Riverdale, of course, like is the, the new mind bending. Yeah, no, the new hit teen drama. The new hit teen drama, loosely based on Archie comics. I'd say highly based on Archie Comics characters, loosely based on Archie Comics storylines. I would say uh, very much based on Archie Comics characters, hair colors, and first names. And last names. <laughs> I, so, I have a hard time believing that they're just going to let a cool teen be, teen be named Jughead. Well... Like, I mean, they put him in. A, they put him in a beanie, so now he's cool. So they can call him whatever they want. Yeah, they've turned his crown into like a stylized crown. Well, it's the beanie. same. It's the same crown, except it just has like a beanie on the back, so it's not open on the top. But the crown design around the edge is still the same. Yes, I also want one. Uh, the 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 actor playing him is also very attractive. I I don't yeah. I don't know how to feel about about thinking that Jughead is attractive. That's that's, that's weird Cole for Sprouse. Me. He was my favorite twin on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. <laughs> I love him. Jughead is the coolest. I love Jughead. I always have. He is independent and fiercely himself. And I love that about Jughead. And I don't have a lot negative to say about his character because he narrates it and spends most of his time like sitting at Pop's chocolate shop on his computer. So like I can't really say anything. I mean, he just tells everybody what's going on. That's fine. Like Jughead might do that. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what else Jughead does before I have many qualms one way or the other with Jughead. (laughs) How's your how's your old girl Betty Cooper? Betty is is where okay. I may have actually cried a little bit after watching Riverdale, <laughs> and I think it is largely because of Betty. 
I loved Betty Cooper. Betty Cooper, if you look back through Archie Comics, if you have been a fan of them oh, for a long God. time, which I have, <laughs> Taylor's leaving. <laughs> Taylor has exited the podcast. Betty Cooper evolved from uh, a very, what I would say, kind of offensive, like ditzy blonde guy crazy character back in the very early origins of Archie Comics. Yeah, she was kind of obnoxious, like... Mm-hmm. Sort of almost like what Big Ethel was written as later. Exactly. And and she was she was not supposed to be very intelligent and her her whole thing is that she was boy crazy and that was it. Um that character changed ma- more than a lot of the other characters did over time. I was going to say Veronica's thing has always kind of been that she's rich. Yes. <laughs> Veronica has always been rich and a little bit snobby. Archie has always been your like well-meaning but clumsy, you know, all-American boy next door. Reggie's your bad guy, your classic bad guy. Um, but Jughead's your lovable doof. Yeah. <laughs> Jughead's the one that likes burgers. You know, classic, you know, classic it's character. Me. You know how you all have Burger that one eater. friend who like likes burgers a lot? <laughs> He's that one. Uh, but Betty evolved over time to become, she's, Betty, according to the comics, is a straight A student, is very involved in like community organizations and extracurricular activities. She's always volunteering. She's always like coaching little kids sports or tutoring people. She can fix (laughs) cars better than anybody else who's in the comic that we know of. Uh, She's also like (laughs) the only girl for a while on the football team also plays all the women's sports also is a cheerleader. And this is my case for why, again, if you haven't seen this uh, show yet, this is a spoiler. This is my case for why, yes, Betty is on Adderall in the comics as well as in the TV series. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. You just just named all of those things that she has done at the same time. And yet it is surprising to you that she's on Adderall. I don't. Well, first of all, I didn't see the I was trying to see the pill bottle to see what she was actually on. Well, her mom said it was her Adderall. She just said take her medicine. Her prescription. She said, "I refilled your Adderall." Oh, I missed that. That's uh, why I was I like, "Okay, this makes sense." To see if that because they also allude to the idea that Betty was not originally picked to be a cheerleader because the evil cheer captain Cheryl Blossom uh, told her that she was that she weighed too much to be on the cheerleading squad. Yeah. So I I, I think you also there's also some hint that Betty has been doing something to lose weight, mm. Mm. perhaps unhealthy, mm. perhaps an unhealthy something. Hmm. Um, anyway, they make the character of Betty, I think, into this very, um, like, not confident, like, just riddled with self-doubt, kind of up to the whims of what everybody else thinks of her, like, trying desperately to please everybody, but not really happy with herself, which is fine. Like, that's fine to have a character <laughs> so like that. I'm not saying a real girl. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not saying that you can't be that way. It's just not who Betty was. But I think the whole point, this is again my case for Riverdale in general, I think the whole point of Riverdale is it's real people, it's not animated, and it takes place in modern times. Uh, I think the whole thing is that it's supposed to be more realistic. Yes, I realize that there are not like murder mysteries going on in everybody's (laughs) day-to-day teen life, but I think the idea that someone has had struggles with uh, self-image or is on... uh, prescription medicine to make themselves able to do more things to please everybody. I don't think that's too far off from the idea of like a realistic teen girl. Well, I mean, and let me say this. I don't think they've made it clear on the show if they've diagnosed Betty with something. That's true. That requires medication or if she is taking medication 
that she maybe shouldn't be. Right. Like, I don't think that that has been. But her mom is also helping her out with it. So like her mom isn't great. <laughs> right. Like, I, I think, I think you get the impression that maybe her mom pushes her in an yeah. unhealthy way, which is why I don't know that the, I mean, if she's been diagnosed and needs the medication, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Like the character can, that can be her. I have no problems with that. I don't want to insinuate anything. Right. But I don't want her to be abusing a medication to try to make her fit this ideal teenage perfect girl that she's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. The thing that I admired about Betty Cooper as somebody who was racked with self-esteem issues throughout my teenage years was that Betty was all those things. And even when Veronica insinuated that she was a nerd or too tomboyish, or even when other people would be annoyed by her dedication to social causes, Betty still was those things. She was unapologetically those things. And for me, it wasn't me, but it was what I kept aspiring to be. Like, I'm going to be like Betty Cooper. I'm going to unapologetically write a Victorian romance novel <laughs> and self-publish it because <laughs> it's what I feel driven to do. And so I'm going to do it. And she did. And oh, I, I was saying you to, did this. <laughs> I was going to say. No, I hadn't no. read this. <laughs> That's one plot line. Betty's, Betty's diary. That is one plot line. <laughs> Betty does that. There, I've read a lot of Archie comics. <laughs> yes. Well, hmm. I <laughs> well, it, it, I understand some like when you really care about characters and you see them taken in directions that you know don't don't mesh with the way that you love that character. I can see how that would be very sad. It is, and I will say on the flip side though, they they nail Veronica Lodge. Yeah, I have zero qualms with that. The you, one thing I will say about Veronica is they made me feel the same way about her in a TV show they did in the comics, which was you want to hate her because Archie likes her more and you want Betty to be with Archie. But also most of the time, most of the time she is a, a good friend to Betty and sticks up for her Yes, and uh, helps her out. And, and a lot of the way that they try to cast her in like at times in the comic and probably they will in the TV show as like, your typical like snobby upper class doesn't mm -hmm. get it obsessed with superficial things. Uh, Veronica, as much as like there are moments where she will kind of speak to that, exemplify that it is very quick that you see there's more going on underneath. And that's yeah. been true about Veronica's character from the jump. So mm -hmm. I agree. I always wanted to dislike Veronica and I just mm. couldn't, mm. which you yeah. have to imagine is kind of how Betty feels. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing both of you then recognize yourselves as Betty's, not Veronica's. Yes. Yes. Mm. Do you recognize yourself as a Veronica? <laughs> no, I think I'm a Jughead. <laughs> <laughs> Jughead can I, can I go off gender? I think that's that's more fitting. You absolutely can. Yeah. There, there are no rules. Yes. No. I think I think Jughead is a great character. I don't know. I I, I will probably watch another episode. I love teen dramas because uh, I am a teen. And like I love Pretty Little Liars, so I'm gonna keep watching Riverdale just because I love the show, even if I had never read an Archie comic. They've added more diversity to the cast, which is which is great and mm -hmm. definitely more reflective of, I mean, what reality always has been, not just what you know, not just changing demographics in the U.S., but way more reflective than like Archie comics were even in the time period they were originally written. Yeah. So I think that's great. Um, and, you know, the whole, like, murder mystery, Jason Blossom has been killed and we don't know what happened. And it's got this weird, like, Twin Peaks-ish vibe. <laughs> Not completely. Most accurate I mean, description I've read is if you mix uh, Twin Peaks with Friday Night Lights and then you get this. I think okay. you get some of that. I think that I think that that's a little bit there. I think... Is there a log lady? Does, does Miss Grundy have one? <laughs> 
Miss Grundy is young and hot, so go figure. Yeah. Oh, wait. I think I read that, and I was really disturbed by that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so so we'll see. We'll see. I'll probably give it at least one more. One I'll more be watch. watching the whole series, so I I'll know. keep you all updated. Well, they knew what they were doing in terms of speaking to today's teens, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so now that we've spent 12 and a half minutes <laughs> <laughs> debating the validity of the new Riverdale series. <laughs> I, well, I think it's appropriate because what we wanted to talk about this week is fangirling or yeah. fanboying. Fanning. Fanning. Fan, whatever, fan, all genders ing. Fanning? Fanning. Fanning out. Be, I, this isn't like a, this isn't a gender thing. Like fan, can it be fanning? Everybody can fan. Fan. Yes. But fanning is already a thing. Fanning sounds like, it is like, like, oh, it's a waving, day. Yeah. I need waving to myself. something in front of your face to create an air current. So I mean, like, like geeking out, nerding out. I don't know. Those are other things. I'd though. say that's. Those, I'd say that's. Anyway, <laughs> all those things. That's what yeah. we want to talk about. Um, I obviously, because we've been talking about Archie's a long time, and I have been a big fan of Archie's for a long time, and I clearly am deeply invested. Yes. Uh, and I think that that's a key component to this. It's not just that I enjoy them. I have parts of myself you and my identity them. that are invested in them. And I think that distinguishes like something you just kind of like from something that you're, I don't know, whatever we're going to say, fan, fangirling is what I would apply to myself. Fangirling yeah. over. I have to ask, yeah. uh, because I'm a huge fan of the new, the Fiona Staples Archie comic that's been going on for like a, like a year now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that? Because I think that does kind of, it's a middle ground. I mean, I haven't watched Riverdale, but they're m- way more believable, realistic teens. But there's no, like, weird, spooky, sexy drama. It's just, like, more realistic. Do you do you like it? I like it better. Yeah. I do. I, I like it a lot. I, I mean, I like it better than the TV show, and I, and I do like it. I think it's, it's a natural evolution mm. to me of the Archie series. So, I, yeah, I get them. I'm, I subscribe to them. Um, so yeah, I enjoy those. And, and I will say just to kind of cap off the Archie thing, my biggest fangirling moment, maybe in all things, not just art, not just Archie's, maybe in all things was when I went to Comic-Con and Victor Gorlick was there, who is currently the editor in chief of Archie comics, who's been <laughs> doing Archie's for like ever. Like, I, I mean, I, I knew his name because I've seen it, you know, he was, he did, he was an inker and. I, I've seen his name in like so many books that I've read over the years and he was there signing autographs and I was, he must've thought, I don't know what he must've thought. Cause I just like, I couldn't get a sentence out. I just like awkwardly, like Justin shoved me up there with the Archie I had just bought. Like I bought one of them so that he could sign it. I was like, hi, I love, I love Archie. I love it. I've loved it so long. My grandparents gave me Archie's and then I buy them and my, I give them to my, my kid, my kid, not yet, but I will. I love them. They're great. Thank you. Thank you. He's like, okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> like what is up with this weird adult who can't form a sentence? That was my biggest fangirl moment. So. You, you know, I, I can't like, I, I, I just, it's hard to be cool when you're when you're confronted by somebody that you have like mad respect for. I mean, mm-hmm. like I I as somebody who works in the service industry, I've served a lot of celebrities, and I'm always kind of surprised by the ones that I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and the ones I'm like, nah, whatever. Like I never really know until they're right there, there, and then it's just like, 
oh hey you're really cool (laughs) (laughs) like i don't people have to like to hear right like even if you say it in in not the most eloquent way like (laughs) (laughs) i think you're cool (laughs) yeah that's uh i uh I'm a huge, huge fan of Rick and Morty. Um, I think Dan Harmon is a genius. Uh, the, the guy's hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. But I had just followed him on Twitter uh, before this incident I'm going to describe. And right the, the day that I followed him, I saw this huge, like, he just sometimes goes off on people that are, you know, a little sweet, disrespectful things or whatever. And he'll just go on the attack mode. And he's always really funny about it, but it's brutal. So I just seen this huge stream of him just attacking people on Twitter. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is great, but he's scary too. And like literally that night, I'm working at a bar in Manhattan and he is at my bar. And I, like, I didn't, I didn't realize it's like I was working at a different part of the bar and I came on to, to replace a different bartender. I was looking through my tabs and there was a card and it was Dan Harmon. I'm like, surely not. And then I looked around the bar like, oh my gosh, that's definitely him. He's definitely there. I can't say anything because I'm afraid of this guy, but I'll, I'll wait till the end. I'll wait till he's closing out and then I will politely thank him for his work. <laughs> and I practice saying, I just want to say thank you. You put really good work out there, and I really want to say thank you. And I'm just practicing saying this. He orders a couple drinks from me. I, I act like nothing's weird. Just give him his, his drinks. And finally, when he comes up to close out, I say the thing I've been practicing the whole time. You know, I just hey, I, I, I just you're Dan Harmon, and I, I don't want to make you feel weird. You're, you know, this is your private time, but thank you, yada yada yada. And he goes, oh, you know, he's surprised. He's like, oh, well, thank you for saying that. Hey, what's your name? And like holds out his hand, and I just go on autopilot, like thank you. It's like, oh, Taylor, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, though. Thank you. <laughs> and that was our practice. That was the only thing I had ready. I was so ready on the thank you. I had no conversation. And clearly, he was willing to engage with me. Like, <laughs> it kind of pulled back after that. Like, oh, wait. No, you're being weird. That's cool. I understand. <laughs> so, like a total creep show, he signed his credit card slip. And uh, I I maybe, maybe cut off the signature and kept it because I have Dan Harmon's autograph. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. I mean, you That's didn't keep his credit illegal. card information, so no, I think you're okay. No, just, you know, it's it's not even on the slip to begin with, but just the signature part. And I told yeah. my boss, and he's like, yeah, that's kind of illegal, but all right. <laughs> I'd say the only time I ever experienced anything like that, I've only met a few people I would say I, I think of as famous people, um, but I went and saw my favorite artist ever in concert, uh, Dodie, who is a YouTuber, and I was very excited, and I there it was a small concert, so I was like, I bet if I waited long enough, I could maybe meet her afterwards. So we were all the way at the back of the theater because we had the wrong time for the show to start, and I was already very upset because like this is never gonna happen. I'm very upset. I'm all the way at the back. I can see her, but this is this is bad. And then at the end of the show, they were like, all right, this is where they're going to come out. So I ran up to the front because we were right next to the merch in the back. And Rose going to the back where the merch was. I was like, oh, they're going to come out in the front. I'm going to be right there. And she came out. And I started freaking out. There were only like a handful of other people up there. And I had a gift for her. And I was trying to get it to her. And the security guy was trying to push me out of the way. I was like, no, I just need to give her a gift. And he was like, <laughs> they're not coming out here anymore. I was like, I just I just really need to give you this gift. And she like ran over and she was like, here, I'll take it. Thank you so much. I was like, uh, and then she ran away and didn't get to say anything but then uh they came outside afterwards and ended up coming out to take pictures with people next to the merch stand which was in the back which was literally a foot away from where i was standing during the concert 
up because I walked all the way up to the front of the venue to do that. I ended up being at the back of the area where they were signing autographs and they had an out time. So I just kind of stood outside looking in the window where they were taking pictures <laughs> of other people. And I was like, maybe they'll walk outside to get out to their car and stuff afterwards. So I waited outside with my friend that I was like, well, there are other people waiting too. It's like I was a little like, creepy. No, no, I didn't mean like that. I not like they had to walk outside to get where they were to go around the theater and go in the front. Uh-huh. So they were going to have to walk around back and they had said, we're going to come out afterwards. So I was waiting there with other, there were other people waiting there too with my friend. We waited there for like 45 minutes and finally they came out and they were like, okay, we don't have that much time. We can take pictures with a few of you and sign some autographs. And then I could take a picture with her and she signed my ticket. And then we took a big group picture with everyone that was waiting outside. And it was uh, the best night of my life. What was your gift? <laughs> I wrote her a very nice letter and I made her a, a gift. It well, was just a bag of hair. That's what, I, that's what I was getting at. Like, you didn't give her your hair, did you? No. <laughs> what was this it? Is the, I, like, it was the just a, I have grown since I have loved you. <laughs> it was just a very personal letter, and I was thanking her, and she tweeted at me after, and it was very nice. And a Ziploc baggie of all my toenails from the last six months. All right, bye, everybody. I'm going to go. I didn't make fun of Taylor no. for being creepy and clipping off the bottom of, of someone's receipt. I didn't make fun of Sydney for being a doll and not being able to form a sentence. I'm I wrote sorry. a letter you're right, you're right. to someone who has inspired me and I gave it to her. Well, I, I'm i sorry. We we, should, we don't, we don't yeah, mean to I apologize. Fun. And I fully, like, I that's not the only time I've been creepy around somebody that I that I admired. I, I apologize. I think I've maybe told this story before. I'm not sure. But when Kate Beaton, who's a comic book artist, was a regular at one of my coffee shops. And she'd come in and work on her comics. And I never wanted to freak her out because cartoonists are like scared animals. You you know, they'll, they'll run away. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I just pretended to not know who she was for like weeks and weeks of her coming in as a regular. And then when she finally was on talking terms with me and said like, oh, I'm, I'm Kate. I responded with, I know. <laughs> 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 just couldn't keep it in it's like we were about to be friends and now i'm i've revealed i've revealed my hand to you <laughs> <laughs> oh well i i had a i'm wondering about you know the difference between like somebody who's like a youtube star is it must feel more accessible like you mentioned that it was a smaller concert probably mm-hmm. a smaller venue and it's not at the level of like somebody who's on television all the time, right. who's on, you know, who's in movies or who, I don't know, does international tours or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, does it feel like, does that change? That, that would be my question. Does it change the way that you feel about them? Can you fangirl at the same level <laughs> if it's somebody that you might actually get to like, in real life, like have a conversation with, not just a, hi, what's your name? Okay. What, who should I make this out to shake your hand? Bye. Like if it's somebody that you actually might get to exchange a few words with or have a conversation with. I think you can fan fan person at the same level. I mean, like as long as they're super famous to you and you're really into like what they do, I think even if they live in the same area, you do Mm -hmm. like meeting them would still be super cool. I mean, she only has not, I shouldn't say only, she has like 800,000, 900,000 subscribers. So like that's her fan base. So when you put out a video, it's like you're in that group of 800,000 people, Mm -hmm. not like millions across the world, just like that group of people. And it feels more 
Like personal. like personal, yeah. But that that is an interesting point because I do think with the dawn of things like YouTube and and honestly podcasting, there's there's a whole yeah. new group of there. It's not. It's a different level of celebrity. Seems like a weird word because it is a difference. There are, they are people that I think like they're not. It's not like meeting Madonna where it's like you are a different human than I am. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just a different level. I, I once saw uh, Uma Thurman in the wild, and she was just this like <laughs> tall, beautiful, and it's like snow white coat. And I was like, I'm just not the same species as you. Like we are different <laughs> things at core. It's just a whole other thing over there. <laughs> I, I thank you for being you. Thank you for being whatever you are. I'm not the same. But but then there are people that it's like I feel like I can have a conversation with that person. I like listening to them because they're like a friend that I'm not, you know, in the same room with. Yeah. I know what you mean. It is different because I, I, I think I had a little bit of that feeling. I met Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick once. That's still so crazy. I know. and That's so it, cool. And I had like that moment where like she like stuck out her hand and was like, hi, I'm Sarah Jessica. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I know. <laughs> I wish she had said that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and there's Ferris Bueller. Like, I know who you two are. Like, what do you mean? hi i'm sarah jet like that's what you're gonna say like you're just gonna say it like i don't know it like i and there was no reality in which i was gonna be able to be like so what are your where are you from? i don't know what, what do you do what do you, like, <laughs> yeah what do you do <laughs> what line of work are you and your husband in? like what am i gonna say like yeah. that that does feel different then, uh, you know, through our, our podcast network, I've gotten to meet a lot of other podcasters that I, I very much admire. And to some extent, I guess kind of fangirl, especially like the first time I met Chuck from Stuff You Should Know. I had like a that's moment so where I was cool. like, oh my god, I didn't know you Chuck. did. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's come to Max FunCon before. And the first time I met him, I was like, oh, wow, you're so cool. <laughs> wow. But then like you get to talk with them. And so it doesn't feel like this weird, like we're not both humans, like oh, you're a really talented human and I admire you and your work is great. But also like I can now finish a sentence in front of you. <laughs> it took me way longer to get to that point with John Hodgman, honestly. I still I still have a moment where I'm like, don't say something stupid to John. <laughs> don't, don't say something really dumb when you're talking to him next. I mean, I think I felt that way uh, when I met Lynn, Lynn Manuel Miranda, in New York because I knew he was going to <laughs> I knew he was going to uh, be backstage at the live show in New York before we started and I knew it was happening and I wasn't prepared I was like I don't know what's going to happen I, I've listened to Hamilton nonstop for the past like six months of my life I don't know what I'm going to do and then I saw him and I just like kind of turned around and like fled out of the room I was just like <laughs> I don't know where to go I don't know what to do well I, I have to say and I'm a little ashamed to admit this I had not listened to a single song from Hamilton until we saw it. And yeah. and I was really glad that we met Lynn beforehand because I felt like when we met him, I was like, this is super cool. He's, he's super famous. He's super talented. But then after seeing the musical, I'm like, man, I'm glad I didn't meet him after that because I don't think I could talk to him without just like pulling a Wayne's World. We're not worthy. <laughs> 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 like it. It did. It did. Uh, when you see that somebody's able to create something so amazing, it does. It does give you a moment afterwards where you're like, 
Yeah. I don't have any I mean, I, interesting yeah. to say, <laughs> like nothing that's going to be cool for you. I, that <laughs> was like, did I talk about my cat in front of you? Jesus. <laughs> what did I say? It's like when Taylor no. and I, when Taylor and I saw Hamilton and I had been crying the whole second act, obviously, oh, yeah. and at the, the very last number and when they were all bowing, I had been sobbing and we uh, got to go backstage afterwards and we were talking to Lynn and um, I couldn't form a sentence about how amazing the show was. I was like, that I, I, that was did the most, I, I, this is amazing. <laughs> and I, uh, he showed us a wall where all the famous people had signed. I was like, these are all so many famous people. And then he brought Al Pacino over to, <laughs> over to Taylor and I. I was like, this is, these are my friends, the Smurl Sisters. And I was like, uh, mm, okay, cool. This is Al Pacino. <laughs> and he like, he pulled him out of nowhere. Like we're talking to him and he's like, oh, by the way, here, just turns around and like, Al Pacino. Like what? You can't just drop Al Pacino on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Christian Slater was there also the mm-hmm. same night. Yeah. And I I saw Dwayne Wade, the basketball player, <laughs> going into the theater. I said, Taylor, that's Dwayne Wade. He plays basketball. And Taylor was like, No, that's not who that is. No. <laughs> and he was sitting like a row in front of us. And then after the show, he was up there. I was like, That's D Wade. Well, that was like when we went and we had the awkward conversation where we started talking to a woman not knowing. Just we were standing on the stage afterwards talking to Lynn and he was greeting everybody. We were talking to this woman uh, about the show and whatever. And then she's like her the her the guy she's with comes walking over and she's like, let me tell you about their podcast. Like as in Sawbones and Justin and I, and it's Tim Robbins girlfriend is who we're talking to. <laughs> and she's like telling Tim Robbins about our podcast. And I'm like, please don't, please don't, please stop. <laughs> I can't handle this. I can't handle the idea that Tim Robbins is going to listen to something I do and then judge it for I its like artistic cool. worthiness. And I'm like, this is Tim Robbins. You're amazing. <laughs> well, and you know, and, and I, there's a little, a little bit of it in the reverse just, and I'm always completely freaked out that there are people that actually listen to <laughs> us and what we're saying. Yeah. And like anyone that's, there've been a couple people that have come to my bar that happen to be uh, fans of the podcast. And I'm always just, just absolutely baffled because like, they're like, you're Taylor Smurl. And they seem excited about that. And I've never once woken up and thought you're Taylor Smurl. Like, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're still Taylor Smurl. All right, let's work with this. Like, it's never been an exciting Aww. thing for hey. me. So it's, I it's always, weird. when I see you, I'm always excited. You're Taylor, Taylor Smurl. Smurl. <laughs> now, I think a lot of the fangirling we're talking about right now, especially like, obviously, Riley, it doesn't go away as you get older. Yeah. <laughs> to some extent, you're always going to meet people who whether they're just that famous or they're just that talented or whatever, they're just that cool that you meet them and you go, oh, I can't have a, I don't, I'm out of words now. But when I was a teenager, fangirling was more than just that because I had, for instance, I loved the new kids on the block when I was young <laughs> and I knew I had no prayer of meeting them. Like there, this wasn't like some secret plot where like the day when I get to meet Joe McIntyre is coming and he's going to ask me out on a date. Like, no, I knew I was never going to meet him, but I still like would get a little unhinged about them. I had all of their stuff. Like that's an essential part of fangirling. I think is like, I had all their things. I had all the new kids on the block dolls. I had the new kids on the block lunchbox. I had the new kids on the block nightgown. Nightgown. It was a nightgown and it had, it was like, (laughs) 
I still remember, I remember it was like a, a big blue star and then it had like a picture of each of their faces at like one of the points and like probably like their name and like, you know, neon script underneath or something. But, um, I, man, I love the new kids on the block. I, they had a comic book too. Yep. And in the comic book, there was one where Joe McIntyre talked directly to you, the reader and took you out on a date and kissed you at the end. Oh, geez. oh I read really? that so many yeah. times. Read it so many times, and I was crazy about nuclear. And I would get excited just like listening to their music with my friend, my friends, and I would like squeal. Friend. My friend, <laughs> I have more than one, and I would like squeal and like jump around, like oh my gosh, it's nuclear. Oh, no. I never saw them in concert. I just I, went crazy over them. I remember being in your bedroom with the new kids on the block Barbie dolls and dancing around, just like holding them in the air. <laughs> yeah, the here they are. <laughs> I'm holding tiny versions of you. I systematically replaced all my Ken dolls with New Kids on the Block dolls. And then later I got all the dolls from Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> forget Ken. Barbies. Here's Luke Perry doll. <laughs> I think I think the big difference is when you're uh, still living at home with your parents and you're younger and you find someone to like be obsessed over. It's like everything about your life becomes about this. Not everything about your life, but like your room, you put the decorations and you have oh, yeah. the clothes and the music and everything you want. Like Christmas, it's like, I just want things from this person's birthdays. <laughs> like, I just want things about this person. But then when you're an adult, like, obviously, I don't know this firsthand because I'm still a child, but I feel like you don't have time to like make everything in your life about a person so it's like you listen to their music like oh this is really good and like you have a chance like go see them in concert like yeah i'll do that or like you meet them some chance in person like wow this is crazy but like you can't actually obsess over them as much because you're an adult (laughs) do you do you think too i wonder like justin and i have had this conversation many times before like there are a lot of people obviously that i admire artistically and and that's i think mainly for this conversation we're talking about like artistic types of pursuits, music and art yeah. and, you know, movies and TV and that kind of thing. Not just like people we would be, there are obviously a lot of world leaders that I would lose my <laughs> mind over and like want to impress and say impressive things too, but I, that's not really what we're talking. I'm not, I don't fangirl over them. <laughs> oh, I fangirl so hard for Barack Obama. Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> I don't know if that's it. I didn't no. fangirl for Hillary. I just, lover but i don't have the barack obama <laughs> nightgown i would if i could <laughs> I, I do have a hillary clinton book like a little kid's book but anyway um but i wonder like when you're younger I, I didn't i don't know that i would have had that thing where if i would have actually real deal seen joe mcintyre in real life <laughs> I, I i think i would have talked to him I think I would have jumped up and down and squealed. I think I would have said something to him. I think I would have tried to hug him. I mean, yeah. I don't think I would have tried to like assault him. I just think I would have like, <laughs> I would have been very, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be creepy. I'm just saying like, I, I would have been very open with like, oh my gosh, I think you're amazing. It's really yeah. you. Uh, uh, can I give you a hug? I will uh, say- can I have your autograph? Can I take my picture? <laughs> like, I think I would have. Yeah. Whereas an adult, I have this like, be cool you don't want to be one of those fans. Like, like that's a bad thing. Like you don't want to be one of those fans. Just be cool. You just go up and be like, listen, I appreciate you. Thank you. And like walk <laughs> away. I mean, like, do you think that's true? Yeah. I think you care a lot more about what they think of you as a person instead of just like, this is another one of the people that listens to my music and actually likes me or like watches my show. It's another like, 
I want to stand out and be like, oh, this was the cool one. This is the one that didn't <laughs> hug me and right. try to like take a selfie with me. This is the one that is just like a cool dude to hang out with. I, like I will say, I, the first concert I ever went to, and one of the only two concerts I've ever been to. Well, I take it back three. Uh, was when I saw Miley Cyrus. Uh, and I fantasized the whole way up about what it would be like to meet Miley. And it was never like, I was like seven. It was never like, <laughs> you got to be cool and be like, I love your music. And I love, I'm such a big fan of your work. It was always like, oh my God, Miley Cyrus, I love you so much. And it was like me hugging her and asking her to like sign my fedora I was wearing with a pink gel pen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so many <perks. laughs> You were wearing a fedora. I was. Did I you- was. Did you have the pink gel yes. pin? Okay, I was going to say, you just assumed she'd have one. I, I actually kind of did. I assumed she'd have like a collection of sparkly pins, but I did carry one with me. Like on a necklace? Yeah. Like, yeah. probably. That, like that, you was, do. that was popular for like five minutes, right? Yeah. And then like I had, you know, I did what mm. any, I think, typical kid does when you really like someone. Like my entire bedroom for a while was Hannah Montana themed and mm-hmm. High School Musical themed. And I was a member of Miley Cyrus's fan club online. <laughs> and I had a little membership card that looked like a credit card. And I always oh. pretended it was my credit card. But it just was Miley Cyrus fan club card. And I had all of her clothes. And I always watched Tana Montana on TV. Like, that was that's what you do when you're a kid. Well, and, and the other... Because I think a lot of the reason that you do that, though, and, and it's not as, as applicable when you're an adult, is it's also kind of how you find people that that are part of your same obsession you know like Mm -hmm. you have all the totems and that means that they're gonna other people will will recognize that when Mm -hmm. when i was true yeah when i was young and i wasn't into either of these but i remember there was the big divide in the 90s between like backstreet boy fans and InSync fans (laughs) and you were one or the other unless you're one of those weirdos at like 90 degrees and nobody talked to you like it it was a choice and you you picked your side that's very true. Yeah. I wasn't on either side, but I was aware of the war. <laughs> Who won? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, because... I mean, I, the Backstreet Boys were just on an episode of The Bachelor, so, like, they probably won, so right? So, them? No. I guess they won. <laughs> but, but NSYNC has Justin Timberlake, and That's he's yeah. still super relevant, so I don't know. So, he won. I don't know if NSYNC won. He Beyonce. I couldn't name a he single Beyonce. member of NSYNC. Yeah, he did Beyonce. Yeah. Definitely. Um, or who came first? I think Backstreet Timberlake. I don't know. I'm Backstreet's well, back. You know what? Beyonce earned it. She, he Beyonce'd. We're gonna. That's gonna be the word we use. <laughs> he Beyonce'd. Um, I, I, if you, yeah, if one of you shoots out and propels into the atmosphere and in, into the stars, then then that's the one that wins. Yeah, that's the, the one that Beyonce. That's the one that Beyonce'd. I will say I personally prefer the Backstreet Boys, mainly Brian, but you know, that's oh. preference mm-hmm. choices. And, and I do think there's an element of like magical thinking to it too. When you're a teenager, um, like I remember, and this was like my later teen, like early college years, I got really into Damien Rice (laughs) and Taylor, you came with me even to, he was in concert in Cincinnati. Oh yeah. And I just thought he was so dreamy and his music was so passionate and that Irish accent just come on. Oh my God. (laughs) Come on. And I mean, there's a little bit of that, like, you know, this is a pretty small venue. Maybe like we'll be walking out and he'll just be walking out the stage door at that exact moment. And, you know, I will say I did. I did have that experience once uh, and I'm very embarrassed to admit this, but I think it's a good story. So I will. Uh, (laughs) I was very much into Glee when it first came out. Um, 
I actually did a lot of embarrassing things about the TV show Glee. Um, <laughs> it came out when I was like 11 years old and Rachel Berry, Leah Michelle uh, was my idol. And I will say if I could meet anyone and absolutely like just pass out, it would be Leah Michelle now. Um, but I made an album on Facebook when I first got my Facebook titled Rachel Berry, AKA me. And it was just pictures of Rachel Berry. I and I wrote, uh, I wrote, uh, to, to Fox on like the Fox Glee page on Facebook and said, I have a great idea on how to incorporate Rachel's uh, long lost little sister for me to get on Glee. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and and I, uh, I, I was on Time Hop the other day that shows you what you posted uh, on social media. And that came up. And also, I told everyone on Facebook <laughs> to remind me to write a letter to Leah Michelle with a tape of me singing on it so she could hear me singing. And if I didn't do it by Halloween, everyone on Facebook needed to remind me so that I would do it. That is the cutest. That is, I cannot I was, believe. I was so obsessed with her. I thought she was perfect. And I thought she had the most amazing voice. I wanted to be just like her. And even now, I will say, I still love Leah Michelle, and she is like my idol, but not because she was Rachel Berry, just because I think she's like an amazing singer, but still, I was obsessed with you her. You were pitching TV execs I was. on. <laughs> I came up with a plot line and a backstory and a character and a name. That's adorable. That's a level I don't think I ever went to. Uh, I, that post still exists somewhere. I don't know where, but it wow. exists. In any of my youth obsessions, I don't think I ever... And I, I don't know, again, if that plays into, like, the idea... Um, I mean, I was obsessed, and, where, and a lot of people my age who were into the theater community were as well, with Rent when it came mm -hmm. out. Absolutely. Absolutely obsessed like with it. Like the Hamilton of now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, very much so. Yeah. And, and I knew every word and everything about it, and I would perform it with my friends... As you do. I mean, over and over. That was all we ever did was just sing lines. I mean, so much so to, that to this day, if Justin or I accidentally say a couple words in sequence that are from Rent, we expect that the other one will answer with the rest of that line. Mm -hmm. And we are in danger of going down a rabbit hole where we just continue to perform. Sing an entire song of Rent. <laughs> Rent. Oh, from my, there on. My best friend and I still do that. <laughs> That's totally <laughs> a thing. Never and I. That I mean that that is definitely that that's still at risk. But it never occurred to me that I could have contacted anybody who had anything to do with that. Like it was just like this. Ah, I just love it and it's amazing and I will incorporate it into my being and it defines who I am even though I had nothing to do with it. And that was it. You know. Yeah. I, and I wonder if I don't know the internet and then like like you said like the accessibility of people that you admire who do things like the newer forms of media like YouTube and, and podcasting, that kind of stuff. It makes it like levels it all out. Just a the world becomes a little bit more, a little bit smaller, mm -hmm. a little bit easier to accept, to access. I think when someone's on social media all the time, posting things like this is what I'm doing today. What are you doing today? Like, look at I'm having a normal, like, I don't even know going on. A, a, I don't know. <laughs> posting like what they're doing at the same time you're doing something like, oh, look, we're both eating breakfast. Oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Or like, oh, I'm in New York for a trip. And this person lives in New York and this person's in New York. Like, you know what they're doing. So like it makes them feel like an actual person, like this entity where they're doing something magical at all times of the day. And you aren't really sure where they are, or what they're doing. That That is really true, because I tweeted at Steve Martin once, like fully expecting <laughs> like, I mean, he's going to tweet back. Like, 
he he's on Twitter. You know, <laughs> it was, I it was early. <laughs> I was early Twitter. <laughs> I tweeted at the drag queen Tatiana uh, that I was super duper impressed with her most recent season of RuPaul's Drag Race, and she liked my tweet. Boom. Wow! Yeah. I will say, I accidentally got um, a drag queen from a few seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race to go mad at me on Twitter. Um, you made a drag because, queen mad? Well, kind of. <laughs> like, like three, like three years ago, I was. Uh, at summer theater practice with a friend of mine who also really liked RuPaul's Drag Race and we were talking about it and he asked me how my summer work was going and I may or may not have said about as well as this certain drag queen's drag career. <gasps> and he tweeted it and I was unaware. <laughs> Riley. And she and she <laughs> replied to it angrily. <laughs> oh no, I really want to know what drag queen it is, but I understand why you don't want to say it on air. Yes, no. I'll tell you. I'll tell you after we're done. Throwing shade. What are you? Doing? I didn't know. I didn't know he was gonna tweet it, and it was just a. It was a drag queen that was not very nice on the show, and she didn't make it very far, and no one liked her. And it was not just because I personally did not like her; it was just one that no one really liked on the show. Wow. Oh, that's. I did not know he was going to tweet it. That's some. That's some. That's some regular. That's, well. I mean, okay, that's fine. That's shame, <laughs> exactly. Um, that's has hilarious. Anybody else, have, have we missed any close encounters? I do have to talk about, Riley did not get to meet one of her idols, but she thought she had his... <laughs> uh, I'll never forgive you all for ...for a long time. When Riley was younger, she was obsessed with this a young man named Mitchell Musso, who was from... Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. Show. He was Oliver on Hannah Montana. There you go. Uh, and he was signing autographs at some sort of event um, when Justin was just happened to be in L.A. for something. He was not there to get his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was probably there for E3 or something. Mm -hmm. But he was there and he was in the same place where Mitchell Musso was signing autographs. And he told me, like, I, I think he called me and said... Oh my gosh, that's that kid that Riley likes, right? And I was like, oh, you have to get his autograph for her. And he was like, well, he's doing autographs, but it's a bunch of little girls. I am not going to stand in line. I am an adult man. <laughs> and he is he is a child, and I'm not going to stand in line for his autograph. That is going to look weird. And so he came back with Mitchell Musso's autograph. autograph. And, and I... Uh, teared up and I thanked him so much and I had a special little box that I kept in my room and the only, it locked and the only thing I kept in that box is Mitchell Moose's autograph and I'm going to be honest I lost it when we moved and like three years ago and I cried and I didn't want to tell you all that I lost it because I thought it was legit until not even kidding a few months ago. <laughs> It was not that long ago that we were like, you, I mean, I, I think I just assumed that she figured it out. Like, no. you know, that was thought, Justin, right? I like Justin just that signed real. that piece of paper. <laughs> I always thought that was real. <laughs> you have to cut him some, can you imagine that line of, no, I, I mean, I would never, I mean, if I was somewhere, you were like what, 12, 11 younger. Yeah. 10 or 11, like 10 year old yeah. little girls and Justin. Yeah. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be really funny though. Um, I mentioned earlier that the one person I would like, I think probably pass out and like not be able to form sentences for the rest of ever, uh, would be Leah Michelle. If I ever met her in person, mm -hmm. um, what person is that for you all that if you all met in person or ever had a chance to talk to, you would just like completely become a not human. I, um, I don't know if I've, I may, I don't think I've said this before. I may have said this before. Um, the, 
I think there are a lot of people I admire, certainly, and there are a lot of people I would love to meet. And um, as we've already alluded to, this is mainly like within the arts. I think that's important to, mm-hmm. to note because if I ever got to meet Hillary, I would just, I would pass out. But if we're talking about within the arts, if I ever met William Goldman, who of course wrote The Princess Bride, mm-hmm. I would... I mean, it's it's like a it's an it's an exact even fifty fifty split where I I so desperately would want to just so that I could look at this person who put this amazing beautiful thing into the world that has helped me like that has helped define like I've defined myself by it many times I have quoted it many times uh, it helps me understand the world if I saw him I would want to just say thank you thank you that's I mean that's all I would want to say but at the same time the other half of me would just. I would become a a blathering fool. Like I I don't know how I would get the words out because I'm so intimidated by that genius. So that mm. that's probably who it would be. Oh, I've met him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you just casually met William Goldman and didn't think like, well, this would be the biggest deal on earth to my sister. No, I did think that. It was a big deal to me. I love the Princess Bride. I mean, but I was, once again, it was in a restaurant scenario where you're also under the kind of the control of like, I have to be a professional because it's my job. Sure. I just, I just brought him a pot of tea and that would be a really, he was surrounded by like people that loved him. It would have been really weird for me. Like, Hey, I just want you to know that <laughs> me, but also super duper, my sister, Sydney Small, uh, really love you. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that was very considerate because you don't want to, you want to have like, I think that would be important to remember. Like I would want to have my moment where I would say this thing that was very important to me. But if he's like having tea with his family, like he doesn't want to have a moment with you right now. (laughs) He's having his moment with the people he like loves. And I'm sure he appreciates, you know, my appreciation if I were in that scenario. But like, he's not, he's not going to have a big moment with me right now. That's fair. Well, and, and and just as just a, a strange perspective to, to get like, as a restaurant employee in New York City, there's actually a lot of consideration for when there's a celebrity in your restaurant. I remember once um, it was actually it was a uh, it was Lindsay Lohan who was in a restaurant that I worked at, and my manager it was like a it was like a football move like she was positioned about like ten feet from her table to like be respectful, but mm-hmm. anybody that would try to approach she would just stand in front of not say anything, and the person would try to like walk to the side she'd move slightly to the side. <laughs> Just a very awkward form of interference just to make the person know like, I can't tell you because you're a customer that you can't approach this other customer, but I'm going to make it super awkward for you to approach this other customer. And that's, well, that's probably real important um, when you work in a town where there are a lot of celebrities, you know, where you tend to a lot of celebrities live because if you, you want to get a reputation for a place where if you are really famous, you can come dine or have a drink or whatever and not constantly be, mm-hmm. I don't want to say accosted. It's always well-meaning. Like if we were to approach these people, any of us who we've talked about being f- fans of, like we would only be well-meaning, but at the same time, people want to have dinner. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. And that's that's kind of a, it, I think that's in the restaurant industry in New York. It's kind of, everybody has a game plan for if that happens. Like, you know, uh, it's, sure. it's, it's a weird sense. thing. <laughs> um, Who's your person, Tay? Steve Buscemi, is that? <laughs> <That's like laughs> but Steve Buscemi, like like back in time, so he can he Young can Steve be my Buscemi. forever love. Uh, that can't happen. Um, I no, but like realistically, I think that if I ever had the honor to meet Naoko Takeuchi, who is the creator of Sailor Moon, I 
I at least have a language barrier to some respect. I speak some Japanese, but that could excuse my absolute, like, I have no words for you. <laughs> you made the thing that defined my childhood, my career choice, my adulthood. I still live by certain ideas that I pulled from Sailor Moon as far as, like, how to, how to be a good person. Like, you, you made me. You made a thing, but that thing yeah. made mm-hmm. me. So how do I talk to you? <laughs> I, I I think that's fair. I understand that feeling very much. I think that's the whole thing behind uh, fangirling or fanning or whatever over a person is that like... Fan personing. Fan personing. Fan there we go. Fan it is. Uh, <laughs> it's not just like you like their... St- <laughs> it's not just like you like their stuff and like you enjoy it, but like it's had some sort of like impact on something you've done or something you started doing or the way you've lived your life like it mm-hmm. changes your behavior about something and i think that's the whole thing behind someone you see is like a whole entire different entity and someone you see is like this person makes good stuff yeah that, i mean i think that's i think that's very true well that, you're right that's absolutely true and i think that's why it is such a it's always awkward because and Sydney, I thought about it when you were talking about Damien Rice, like with musicians, like and artists, like they're the reason we love what they do is because something that they've done has kind of struck the deepest part of us. It's incredibly personal. It's incredibly mm-hmm. some somebody knew something about you from like a million miles away, and that's why it's so hard because it's like this song that you wrote or this comic that you made, this book that you wrote, it reflects the deepest part of me. So I feel like I should be able to talk to you on a personal level, but you are a total stranger to me. And that is weird. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. You feel like you know them because of what they've made and had the effect it's had on you, but really just like they are a complete stranger and you are a complete stranger to them. Yeah. And it's, and it's always walking that line where like, you know, I know from, I I don't want to compare myself to any of these amazing like people that we've talked about (laughs) being fans of, but the times where we've done live shows and I've been, you know, lucky enough to be able to meet some of the people who listen to our podcasts, uh, our various shows, it is always so like overwhelming and humbling and amazing to hear people say that they enjoy what we do. And it's always amazing to me um, if anybody ever appears to be like nervous about it or mm-hmm. like, like I, as if I would ever be anything but like completely yeah. humbled and grateful and like just completely i feel so lucky that you like what we do yeah um and you have to imagine that on some base level most everybody feels that way yeah i mean they have they're jerks out there somewhere but most everybody just feels like hey thanks i'm glad you like what i do yeah. um you know at the most basic level yeah well that you well, know one of my good friends as a habit always writes to the people he admires and asks for like he sends him a really nice letter and asks for a signed photograph and he's gotten a ton back and most recently, he had written to Debbie Reynolds, and he'd gotten a a, sign, a nice letter and a signed picture back. And obviously, like now, it's like that's a really like wonderful thing for him to have. So I do think, like, for as much as there's always that awkwardness and that intimidation, nobody is ever. I can't imagine. You're right. There are always going to be people that are a certain way, but <laughs> no one's sure, going to be sure. bummed out about getting a letter that's like, "I admire and respect you." Like, can I get your autograph? Right. <laughs> No, yeah. when when I empty out our PO box, I I get choked up and cry and feel grateful on a regular basis. So yeah, um, I will tell you though, this conversation has made me really start to worry. Uh, something else I fangirl over is Mash, and hanging on my wall is a signed picture of Alan Alda 
that Justin gave me for Christmas or my birthday or some holiday at some point in the past. And now I am questioning (laughs) the validity because it came from Justin and he promised it was Alan Alda. Check that signature, Sydney. I'm going to have to look. I'm pretty sure there's one of those authenticity things. But what if he made that too? Like he's really good with internet stuff. (laughs) Didn't you guys also give dad a signed picture of Jimmy Buffett? I think we did. Oh, it's fake. It's all fake. fake. Well, that's well, a, what about you? You two both have done the Chad Pennington thing. Are those real or I what? Didn't. didn't you both that's do signed Chad Pennington things? No, Dad won a signed Chad Pennington something oh, in a raffle somewhere. Is that where it came from? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I, that's I, Dad's. We didn't. We didn't mention Jimmy Buffett, but I think every Smurl is on a trajectory to hopefully someday meet Jimmy Buffett. Like I think that's yeah. a life goal. That's like an ultimate achievement. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I think I think we all need to just admit that we all have these think- passionate things about these artists that like moved us or whatever. No, Jimmy I, if I could chill with Jimmy Buffett, if for I like could, five oh minutes. Oh my gosh, if I could chill with Jimmy Buffett, that would be amazing. Do you think when Jimmy I, Buffett's musical comes to Broadway, he'll oh maybe be gosh. there? As as a bartender, if I had one on my bucket list, it's got to be top five. If I could make a margarita for Jimmy Buffett <laughs> before I die. I will die happy. <laughs> you know he's got to be so chill. Like, yeah. he's got to be like, Absolutely. have you heard his music? Like, no judgment, <laughs> no, like, no arrogance, just totally like, hey, hey pull up a chair, have a beer. Like, he's got to be the coolest guy. Oh, man. Oh, man. I love yeah. Jimmy Buffett. I love Jimmy Buffett, too. Yeah. That's like a weird deal breaker for me that, that like, obviously roots out a lot of relationships like (laughs) Jimmy Buffett and like I know a lot of people like I don't really know that's fine but a lot of people have a strong like no that's lame like "Ah, okay never mind this can never work you can never meet my family you can never be one of us leave now hey listen Taylor let me tell you though (laughs) you can change them I am proof oh really (laughs) Justin was I mean pretty skeptical of Jimmy Buffett (laughs) when we got together and I have completely converted him to the point where now he gets the credit for the Jimmy Buffett love. But no, 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 no. In the in the the Smackleroy universe, he gets all the credit for it. But it started with me. That was our with, first concert. With our parents. Yeah, well, it started with my parents. Yeah, it started with our parents. Yeah, our parents took us to Jimmy Buffett when we were like eight. Not me. I can can I? Uh, what's the, the the song that we were taught was a different lyric than the than the lyric that it is? Is that inappropriate for the show? Well, I think that the um, improved lyric is not inappropriate. <laughs> okay. There's a Jimmy Buffett song. And as young children, we were taught a, an alternative version to sing in a concert. And it was, why don't we get drunk and spew? And um, <laughs> we'll let you figure out what that was an alternative to. Hmm. And we were um, so, like, like, I was like an eight-year-old and like what? Like a, like a, are we, how, how old are we first class? I, Younger I mean, than that. Really, I was probably we were like, like six. You were like ten. You were probably like six or seven, and I was like, yeah, nine or ten. I mean, we were, we're little. Singing along. Why don't we get drunk and spew? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there were people looking at us, going, "Are they? What are they? Oh my are God. they singing? <laughs> Did their parents let? What is happening over there? I don't know. People just kept handing me junior mints, and I was happy. <laughs> Good, good stuff. So, we'll get you to a Jimmy Buffett concert, Riley. We'll get that. Yay. We'll make sure that happens. I promise. Yay. We got to do that. Well, um, thank you, sisters. As always, this has been a lot of fun. 
Um, thank you, listeners, for for letting us fangirl out a little bit. Um, and uh, thank you for joining our Facebook group, Still Buffering. Uh, you can still join, of course, always. We're still taking new applicants. <laughs> if you're not a robot. <laughs> like it's Facebook. I don't think they have a limit. If you on are groups. a sentient robot, that is okay. Yeah. yeah. We don't want to discriminate robots. against sentient robots. No, that's fine. AI is totally welcome when it's sentient. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, tw- you can tweet at us at Still Buff. You can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. You can go to maximumfun.org for two reasons, either to check out uh, numerous other wonderful podcasts or go to maximumfun.org forward slash jumbotron and we will read a message to somebody that you care about on our show. Yeah. Um, And Riley still will sing a song like if we tell her to. Yeah. Yeah. I've only had to do it (laughs) once, but I'll do it. (laughs) Um, And... I, and thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. One more thing I want to say real quick before we go is we said we were this was we were trying to talk about some lighter things, not get too serious, not get too heavy. Obviously, Riverdale is not the most tragic thing. Right. Just in it was bad in Sydney's world. It was great in Riley's world. So there you go. It's yeah. You 50-50. But um, I'll break there that are, tie. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll wait for Taylor to weigh in. There are a lot of other things going on, uh, especially in the U.S. right now that you may be paying attention to um, and concerned about. And if you are and you're worried about uh, people legally being allowed to continue to immigrate to the United States of America, especially if they already have residents here, um, you may want to consider going to aclu.org uh, to join or donate some money um, if if you are a supporter of that cause. Yeah, and joining is free. Uh, absolutely donate if you can afford it, but even just being a part of it is absolutely free. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And And I was too. I'm Allegra Ringo. And I'm Renee Colbert. And we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? (laughs) I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? <laughs> all right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you what do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds good to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.